We've been in this series for a long time. This is week 11 of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. What is the Sermon on the Mount? It is Jesus' longest message that he gives to us in the Bible. The longest recorded message that we have from Jesus in the Bible. There are other ones that Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 6. That's another one that's kind of a a message that Jesus gives, a a preaching, a a, a teaching that Jesus gives. But in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, Jesus gives us what's called the the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching us how to live in the kingdom of God. We're calling this series Red Letters because in a lot of our Bibles, Jesus' words are in red letters. But up to this point, as we talked about in the very first of the series, Matthew's gospel, when Matthew's writing to us, he's talking to us about the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here in the person of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is here. And so a lot of us, like we want to get to heaven one day. Like we want to get there. Anybody here would say, yeah, getting to heaven would be an awesome thing for me. Like that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for Jesus to come back. I'm hoping for his reign, his rule, his, his, his dominion over the world. And I'm, I'm ready for that. And we all long for that. But what Matthew's teaching us is that, yes, Jesus is coming. Yes, Jesus will come back. Yes, Jesus will make all things right. But when Jesus came, when Jesus was born, the kingdom of heaven is here on earth. And we, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live in this kingdom right here and right now. And so that's the message of Matthew. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came to bring good news. And he goes through in Matthew chapter five, and you guys can go back. All these sermons are online now. You can go back and see all the things that Jesus said to us about anger and about how our relationships and about kindness to our enemies and about how we should forgive other people. That's what we looked at last week, how we should forgive other people, not so that we can be forgiven, because you could read kind of what Jesus says like that, but listen, we, don't, we know this. We don't earn our forgiveness. Before, while we were sinners, the Bible says Jesus died for us. And so it's not that I have to forgive others so that God will forgive me. No, it's I can forgive others because God has forgiven me. And because God forgives us, we now can forgive other people. And this week, we're going to look at a spiritual discipline that some of us, we might not know much about. And some of us might know about this. Some of us do it. And some of us would be like, man, I've never tried that before. That sounds intense. But this week, we're going to talk about Jesus teaching to us on fasting. How many of you guys have ever fasted before? How many of you guys have ever fasted before because you had a medical procedure, right? That's like how a lot of people do that. You know, hey, you can't eat, whatever, whatever. But that's actually a spiritual principle where we fast, where we, we forgo some things so that uh, we can get, uh, we can do this thing for God. Uh, but before we get into this, I want to tell you guys a, a story. About 10 years ago, I was in the lobby of our church on a Sunday morning, and a man in his mid-40s, he, he, and I was probably at the time late 20s, um, a man in his mid-40s approached me, he's like, man, I've been studying the Bible, and I'm like, cool, and he's like, I've learned some stuff, and I'm like, cool, and he goes, can I talk to you about it? I said, yes, and I was like, how intense is this? He goes, very, I said, well, let's talk about it this week, and so he came back to the church that week, and he sat down with me, and he was talking about, man, I've been studying, I've been doing these things, and I've been researching online, and as a pastor, sometimes that's like red flags, um, but he's like, I've been researching online and I've been studying. And he goes, I- I've discovered something. And I'm like, well, okay, great. What have you discovered? And he said, I discovered that Jesus has already come back. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> and he said, I-, I-, I did all this research and I did all these things. And he, he said, I-, I discovered it. And this-, this-, this teacher, he taught this and whatever, whatever. 
And he said, I, I, I've discovered this. And I was like, well, okay. And I let him talk for about 20 minutes about everything he discovered. And I just sat there and I listened to him. And he said, and after a while, he, he stopped me and he said, well, pastor, what do you think? And I said, man, I think you've fallen into a really old hole. That's what I said. I think you've fallen into a really old hole. Why would I say that? Because what happens is, is that in, throughout the church, like the church deals with things throughout history. Like they deal with different, um, where doctrine got a little weird or teaching got a little weird or Christians got a little weird and they have to deal with these things. They correct it, but then they have, like years go by, someone else comes along, they haven't studied like what the church did to correct it and all of a sudden they get this brand new idea, but it's really the same old idea that, that we just corrected, right? And so that's what I said. I said, man, if you read the book of 1 Thessalonians, like that was stuff that they were thinking then, that Jesus had already come back and that things had already happened and all that. And Paul literally says in 1 Corinthians, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant here. This is how this is going to go down. Like this is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to look like for you. And so there's like this really old hole. There are ancient holes that we forget that are there, but there are also great ideas great practices, great things that are part of like our history as Christians. Like some of us, like we, we planted this church two years ago. My wife and I planted this church two years ago. And like this didn't really exist before we planted it. And so we could think, man, this is what church is. But no, we're a part of a long history of churches that were around way before we even got here. And we're a part of a long history of churches that will come way after us, right? And so there's good things, there's bad things, like I talked about with my, my guy, but there's good things, there's good habits that we can do that the church has done that maybe we've forgotten about. Maybe we've kind of left behind, maybe we don't participate in as much as we should anymore, but there's good things that we can do. Uh, I came across an article in an online magazine that's called Vox. It's, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. It's, um, it's targeted at like a younger demographic. I did this like I'm young still, um, but I just, like I said, I just turned 40, so I'm feeling it. Woo! All right. So it's targeted at a younger demographic. It's kind of liberal, um, but the, in the article, the author talked about this revolutionary concept that he discovered. Like this revolutionary thing that, that he had discovered that, that just totally like upended his finances in a good way. He discovered in this article, this, this, this author wrote, that he used to spend 100% of his paycheck and he would just like, it was spent, like it was gone, like it was out. But this author, again, non-Christian article, non-Christian magazine, whatever, he discovered that he could live off 90% of his income and give 10% away to charity and it would work every time. And everyone who's a Christian is like, bro, you discovered tithing. Like we've been doing this for thousands of years. Like you just discovered that. Like how do you not know about this, right? But he's like, man, this is a new thing for me. I've, I've just discovered this. This is amazing. People have also discovered what we're going to talk about today, fasting. How many of you guys have heard of intermittent fasting? Like, it was a big thing. I heard, like, Jimmy Kimmel talk about, oh, intermittent fasting. It's, like, the most coolest thing. It's the brand new thing. No, like, fasting's been around for a very, very long time. Not only the health benefits of fasting, but how it supports us emotionally and spiritually. And even if fasting is this new fad that someone discovered, it's not new at all. It's an ancient practice that believers have followed for millennia. 
It's something that the church has done. It's something that the church has been a part of. It's, it's this spiritual discipline, like prayer, like reading our Bible, like worshiping like we did, like coming together in a body of believers like you're doing today. Like these are spiritual disciplines. These are things that you just do as a Christian because you know it breathes life into your spirit and it helps you connect with God. Fasting is another one of those things. And fasting's been talked about throughout scripture over 70 times in the Bible, it mentions fasting. It mentions us fasting. And, and we're going to talk about what that means. What, did it, what is it today? But where it talks about it in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, this is before Moses got the Ten Commandments. So he was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water for 40 days and 40 nights. Sounds supernatural. And he wrote on tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So Moses fasted bread or water 40 days and 40 nights in Exodus 34. In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel's uh, setting himself apart. He's in Babylon. He's he's away from his home country. He's there. He's trying to serve the king, but still stay true to God. And he says this in Daniel 10 verse 3, I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself uh, at all for three full weeks for the the full three weeks. So for three weeks, Daniel ate no delicacies, no meat, no wine, entered his mouth. In Luke chapter four, this is when Jesus is starting his his ministry. Right before Jesus starts his ministry, he goes out into the wilderness. He goes out into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil. But while Jesus is out there, he's fasting. And so Luke chapter four, verse one through four tells us that in Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led, and this is right after he was baptized, full the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan, that's the river uh, that he was baptized in, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for how long? 40 days to be tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those 40 days. And when they ended, he was hungry, obviously. I mean, I eat nothing for like three hours and I'm hungry, right? But Jesus was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son, of, uh, the son of God, command this stone to be bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So we see here Moses fasted, Daniel fasted, uh, Jesus fasted, and Luke. What is fasting? A lot of us, some of us were like, man, I've done it before. I've, I've, I've done this. I've done this because the doctor told me or I've done this like spiritually for, for those reasons. But some of us have said, I've never even tried this. I don't know what this is. To answer the question, it's helpful for us to go back to our high school English class. Some of our kids are starting school back this week and high school English, when my high school English journalism class, I had a high school English class, journalism in Alabama, yes, they taught us how to talk in Alabama, they have to, because if not, you wouldn't understand what I'm saying right now. So they, they had to do that. But in high school journalism class, they taught us when you're, doing, when you're writing an article, when you're writing an article, you need to ask six questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how? right? Who, what, where, when, why, and how. So let's look at fasting from that lens. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. What is it? What, what is it supposed to be? How are we supposed to do it? When are we supposed to do it? Where are we supposed to do it? And all that. Let's look at that today. And, but these questions might not be in order of importance. So we're just going to start with what and how. What and how. When we talk about fasting, what are we doing and how are we doing it? The, fa- the mechanics of fasting mean that you are foregoing, you're stopping an input into your body. 
Now, this could be anything. It could be food. It could be social media. It could be watching TV. It could be playing Xbox. It could be uh, you're, you're stopping an input into your body, uh, a particular thing, for a specific period of time. You could skip just one meal, and, or you could just not eat for several days. But fasting isn't simply just skipping meals. There's a purpose for it, and there's a reason why we should do it. So if you're like, man, I'm going to fast lunch tomorrow, and you're like, I'm just going to fast lunch. Well, what are you doing while you're fasting lunch? Well, I'm just going to skip lunch. I'm just going to just keep working and plow through it. That's not really fasting. You, all you did was skip lunch. That's all you did, right? Fasting is I'm going to stop this input into my life, whatever it is, but in its place, I'm going to replace it with time focused on God. In its place, I'm going to replace it with time where I'm, I'm giving God my attention, my, my, my full attention, my desires, my input, whatever it is, I'm going to do that in its place during that time where I would normally be doing this input. So during during my lunchtime, instead of going to McDonald's and having a cheeseburger at work, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit in my car and I'm going to maybe put on some worship music and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to speak to me during that time. So there's a purpose that I'm doing it for. I'm not just skipping the meal. I'm not just stopping social media. I'm not just temporarily deleting my account. I'm doing it for a reason. And the time that I spent during that time, I'm going to refocus it on to God. A a pastor and theologian named John Piper says this, fasting is a temporary renunciation of something that in itself can be good, like food, in order to intensify our expression of need for something greater. I'm I'm giving up something that can be good in my life in order to express my need for something greater. That is namely God and his work in my life. So again, you need to eat. That's good for you. You need to eat. But what we do is we temporarily say, I'm not going to do that because I want to express my need for something that much greater. For who? For God. It is that time of intense focus where we don't just forego the food, but in its place, we fix our attention on God in prayer. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 17 says this, for in light of this momentary affliction is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, meaning they will pass away, they will come and they will go. But the things that are unseen are eternal. The things that are seen are transient. They're gonna come and they're gonna go. But the things that are unseen are are eternal. Fasting, it could be uh, all food. It could be a specific kind of food. Maybe you're like, I'm just not going to do any caffeine or I'm not going to do any sweets or I'm not going to do whatever. It could be a specific kind of food or drink. I'm only going to drink water during this time. I'm not going to drink my Dr. Peppers. For me, that would be like, like tough, man. It'd be tough, right? But I'm not going to do this for a specific time. I'm going to, or it could be just, I'm going to give up some other input. Some of you guys, if I took away your Facebook, like that's going to be a tough day for you, right? If I took away your Instagram, it's rough, right? It's a rough time, right? But that's, that's what it is. It's for temporarily saying I'm going to stop doing this so that I can focus on God more. This is what fasting is. This is what the Bible talks about when it talks about 
fasting. There's uh, uh, several types of fasts in Scripture. I'm going to put them on the screen for you real quick. I'm going to go, real, real, go through them real fast. If you want to write all this down, that's fine. Um, otherwise, you can ask me for it, and I can just send you the notes. That's easy. Uh, number one, the first thing is a regular fast. A regular fast is just abstaining from everything. Like, I'm not eating or drinking anything. Like, I'm just, like, this is just going to be it. Like, I'm not going to do anything. A regular fast. This happened in Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4. So a regular fast, if I'm just going to say I'm just doing a regular fast, that's I'm not going to drink, uh, do any food or any water uh, or drink anything except for water. Drink anything except for water. Um, so water is, if you're on a regular fast, you can drink water, but like your Coke doesn't count, right? So that's a regular Fast. A partial fast is abstaining from a particular kind of food, and this was the case of what we talked about in Daniel chapter 10 uh, earlier. So Daniel says, I'm not going to do any sweets, I'm not going to do any meats, I'm not going to do any kind of wine. For us, I would say that would be sugary drinks or whatever, um, but that's really what Daniel was talking about. Like, so that's a partial fast. So Daniel says, I'm going to give up a certain thing. So maybe you would say, I'm going to give up uh, meat. I'm going to give up that. Now, I will say this. If you normally are a vegetarian, I have a kid, I have a 12-year-old who is a vegetarian. We've talked about this last week because I made a bacon joke. Um, so we, we talked about this. So I have a kid. So for her, like, she wouldn't be like, you know, hey, I'm going to fast meat. No, you already don't eat meat, you know? So if you're not, if you're like, I don't drink coffee, I don't eat, drink any kind of caffeine, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to fast ca caffeine. No, no you, you're just living your normal. This is like outside of your normal routines, right? So partial fast. The second, or the next thing is a liquid fast. That means that you're only going to drink liquids, your body armors and all that stuff, get your electrolytes, do all that stuff, but you're going to abstain from solid foods. The next is a complete fast. The difference between this and a regular fast is you're not even going to drink water. Like, I'm just going to, everything, like nothing. Um, and this should only really be done just as a pastor, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more for a very short period of time. I would say like one meal, maybe two meals, maybe a day, um, because then we start getting into some medical things. The next thing is a supernatural fast, and this was in the case of Moses that we read in Deuteronomy, uh, where he abstained from food and water for 40 days. Listen. You can only live without water for uh, like a few days. You can only live without food for a few weeks. And so for you, like maybe God's speaking to you today and you're like, man, God is telling me I'm just for the next, you know, three months, I'm not going to eat or drink anything. Like that's, listen, I'm telling you as your pastor, God is not telling you that right now. Like I'm telling you that, like that's not happening. But there are times that are recorded in scripture where that did happen. That did happen, and we would say that through that time, I believe that if, if, if I believe as a Christian that God can heal someone through, from cancer, which I believe that absolutely, and that happens all the time, where God speaks to someone's body and they're healed. I believe that if God led you into that kind of fast where I'm not going to drink anything or eat anything for 40 days, God can sustain you. However, there's an, a scripture where Jesus says, don't test God, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. All right, um, the length of fast in scripture. So those are the kinds of fast. Let's look at the lengths of fast in scripture. The first is a day or partial day. So this would be like you saying, um, okay, on Friday this week, 
I'm going to fast. Or uh, at Friday, or Friday at lunch, I'm going to fast. And you see this uh, out of everything, and you see all the scripture references of where these things took place in scripture. You see this happen more than anything else. Like, you see this happen more than anything else. So you see more one-day or partial-day fasts than you see, uh, obviously, the 21-day or the 40-day. This happens more often in scripture. And so this is a time of you focusing on God. There's a one-night fast in Daniel chapter 6. There's three days. Esther and Acts, seven days, 14 days, 21 days. These are in multiples of seven. Um, again, our weeks are pretty easy there. 40-day 40, uh, 40 fast, again, in Deuteronomy 9, Matthew chapter 4. Uh, I believe that's supposed to be Luke chapter 4. And specific lengths of time, uh, or unspecified lengths of time. So you could say, oh, well, uh, I don't really feel like God's leading me to do three days, but he's leading me to do two days. So there are references in the Bible where there are different times or unspecified times when a fast was taking place in the Bible. We've looked at very doable examples of fasting. For some of you guys, if I say, hey, let's just not do Cokes for lunch tomorrow, you'd be like, yeah, man, I could do that. I could do that. That's easy. Like, sign me up. And there's some of us where we'd be like, man, I'm not going to do caffeine for a week. Man, your whole body would be hurting because, you know, some of us, you're a little addicted to caffeine, right? Like there's some that are easy and there's some that are hard. And we briefly looked at that uh, at earlier when Jesus in Luke chapter 4, he talks about the, the fast at the beginning of his ministry. But during that time, Satan uh, tempted Jesus three times. And we looked at the first temptation where Jesus, uh, Satan told Jesus to uh, turn the bread or turn the stones into bread so that he could eat. And Jesus is like, no, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to do that there. But there's another thing that he tells Jesus in Luke 4. This is the last temptation in Luke 4, verse 9 through 12. And he said, he took him to Jerusalem and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple. This is, uh, this is the devil and Jesus. And the devil said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now, the devil is quoting the Bible to Jesus here. He is quote, think about that. The devil is quoting the Bible to Jesus. And he says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you on their, head, on their hands. They will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And what did Jesus say? Jesus answered him. It is, it is said, it, Jesus is quoting scripture back to Satan, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So again, when we're fasting, we talked about the 40-day fast and things like that. Just Keep in mind that we're not, the purpose of this is to test us, to test us, to put us in a a position of lack to where we can focus our attention on God. It's not to test God to keep us alive. So do you see where the difference there there is? And so, so we're not meant to test God. In the context of fasting, why is this important for us to remember? We're not recklessly testing God. One of the biggest gifts that God gave me and my family um, for a period of time, uh, this is back when we were living in Alabama, is I had a very, very strong Christian doctor. Like very, very strong Christian. At one point, I was going through some things like medically and just stress and stuff like that. And she point blank asked me like in the, the room, like we were in the examination room and she looked at me and she said, okay, I can't figure out what's going on in you. Like I just can't figure out. She goes, the you don't need to tell me this because you're male, I'm a female. But if there's any kind of like sin in your life that you're like trying to, that can manifest itself medically for you. 
It can manifest itself medically. So if you need to confess something, go confess. There wasn't anything that I was dealing with. I was just dealing with stress and that was it. So there wasn't like this thing that I needed to confess, but she had that in her mind of like, hey, this sin that could be in your life is something that can manifest itself in stress, blood pressure, whatever, whatever, whatever in your life. And so there are people, there are medical professionals that believe the Bible, that believe in, in God, but they can also tell you like, listen, I know you're thinking that you want to do this, but I need to tell you that this is a good idea, this is healthy, this is safe, this is whatever. And so I would say, if you're considering a fast of longer than a day or two, you need to find a doctor and talk to them, medical professional, talk to them and say, hey, I really feel like God's leading me on this fast, I really want to do this. What do you think? What should I look out for? How should I proceed? How should I do this? Don't just sit there and say... The Bible says it, the Bible says Moses did it, and I'm going to do a 40-day fast, and I'm just going to go for it. No, listen, that was Moses. I'm, I'm a pastor, I've been a pastor for 20 years. I'm not Moses, right? You're not Moses. Like, none of us are like, like, we're not that. So just seek medical advice, do this. If God's telling you, hey, I believe I should do this for a week, I believe I should do this for the next two weeks, I believe I should do this for this extended time, there is nothing wrong. In fact, I encourage you to seek medical advice from a medical professional before before starting any fast, especially if you have underlying conditions. So let's get to what Jesus says to us in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, he says this, and when you fast, and when you fast, not if, see some of us here, we're like, man, I've never fasted before. I've been a Christian for decades and I've never fasted before. Jesus is saying when you fast, So there's an expectation that this is going to happen when you fast. Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces. You can imagine like people messing with their faces. That their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. So it kind of goes back to what we talked about several weeks ago uh, about giving and about that, you know, if, if I do it so that I can be seen by other people that I'm more spiritual, whatever, that's the only reward I'm going to get. But Jesus says, when you fast, anoint your head, like go ahead, take a shower, like make yourself look as good as you can, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Would you rather get a reward from another person or get a reward from God? I would rather get a reward from God. Because listen, God is, God is over everything. He's eternal, like everything. He has everything. He's got my needs in mind. He's got my, he's, he's got me. Like you might just be like, good job, buddy. That's it. So like you, you, you gotta, you gotta say like, I, I've got to look at this and I've got to be like, man, I, I want to look at what God, I want God to, 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 to be the one to reward me. So I can't just do this to make myself look good. When we talk about when and how and what and why we fast, this brings us to the last question, who, who are we fasting for? Who is the reason for our fasting? We don't fast to make ourselves look more spiritual in front of other people. We fast because we need an encounter with God. We fast because we need an encounter with God. 
And I believe that in some of our lives, there are strongholds. In some of our lives, there are things that are, it may seem blocked up. It may seem like bottlenecked in your life. It may seem like, man, I have tried to get this job. I've tried to restore this relationship. I've tried to, to, to do and say the right things. I've tried to do all, everything on my own. What fasting does is because it stops an input in our natural bodies, it stops an input naturally, what it does is it takes our reliance out of the natural world and it puts it on the supernatural. And so as I fast, I say, you know what? I'm not relying upon what I can do, what I can say, how I can manipulate the situation, what I can do, how I can, how my talents, my abilities, my strengths, my insight, my wisdom, how all these things can happen and I can get through life on that. What fasting does is it says, no, it's not about what I can do. It's about what God can do in my life. It takes the pressure off of me and puts it on God. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, something is stopped up in my life. It could be a relationship. It could be your friend. It could be your health. If something is stopped up in my life, fasting is for you. Fasting says, you know what? I'm going to stop whatever this is that's happening in my life. I'm going to stop this input and I'm going to focus on God because I need God to come through in my life. It takes our attention off the natural and it puts it on the supernatural. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, I, I've, I've, I've reached the end of my rope. I've reached the end of my ability, my knowledge, my wisdom, my ability to address this situation or whatever that situation is in your life. I would encourage you Look at, look, at, look at the examples in Scripture. Look at these things. Look at, look at these things where, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step away from this input. I'm going to step away from this thing in my life. I'm going to stop, stop so, my social media. I'm going to stop drinking caffeine or whatever. And in that time, I'm going to focus all of my reliance, all of my dependence, all of my needs on God. Because fasting is really about who? It's about God. It's about God. God wants to meet you where you are.